The Lord is good. Let's get in our Bibles this morning and go to Luke chapter 9. Luke, everybody say Luke. Now everybody say it with a deep voice. <laughs> chapter 9. And let's pray today. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness, your kindness. Thank you for the blessing of the Lord on each one of our lives. Thank you that we've been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Lord, we give free place and course to your spirit here today. Holy Spirit, have your way. Speak through us. Minister the word, the life of God to each and every individual. That we might be conformed into the Lord's image more completely and fully in all of our ways. Thank you for helping us today to see things that we don't see to understand things that are confusing and to walk in your perfect will and plan. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Okay, let's go today, like I said, to Luke 9. I want to continue a series that I began a little while back called All In. All right, now this is no ordinary series, no ordinary teaching. This one is uh, t-shirt level teaching. All right, now not, not, not every series comes with a shirt, all right? This one does. It must be important, right? <laughs> and I want to begin today uh, doing a, a little review, reminding you of three primary commitments that are necessary for all people to make, all right? Again, now, number one, we said to you that Every person should make a personal commitment to the Lord, all right? This is not a commitment that's contingent upon what somebody else does. You may say no to the Lord. I'm still saying yes because I have control of that. I, 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 can, I can be dedicated and committed to the Lord with all my heart for all my life, whether you like it or not. Amen. If you try to talk me out of it, you're too late. He's already shown himself strong and been good to me. Come on now. How many know what I'm talking about here today? All right. This is a personal commitment that we all make to the Lord. Joshua said in the 24th chapter of Joshua, he said, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. All right. You should have that kind of commitment concerning um, your domain. Whatever is under your authority, whatever is in, in your control, you, your house, your family, your business, whatever you have your influence in, make a firm and final commitment and decision that we are going to serve God. We are going to live for Him all of our life, all of our days, no matter what happens, no matter what trials come, no matter what somebody else says, no matter who comes against us, we belong to Him and are going to serve Him. Amen? That's the kind of decision that we should all make individually. Now, secondly, we said that we should all make a commitment to the right people. To the right people. All right? Not everyone you meet is by chance. Not everyone you are connected to even should be by choice. But rather, we recognize, we are discerning enough to identify that the Lord joins people together. That the Lord will ha have you cross somebody else's path for a higher purpose than just, oops, bumped into you. <laughs> right? 
And, and the thing is, God wants to bring some things through your life into somebody else's life. And He wants to bring some things from somebody else or through somebody else into your life. And if we don't recognize that God will do things that way, then we'll miss out on some of what He wants to do. Some say, I'm believing God and I'm praying, I'm trusting God for Him to answer my prayer and do something for me. Good, good. But understand that many times He will answer that prayer and do that something to you, for you, uh, you know, give to you, but it'll come through somebody else. And sometimes it might not be the person of your choosing. Sometimes it'll be, well, Lord, I don't really want it to come from that person. (laughs) Well, some of those things are His prerogative, and He will choose to use different parts of the body, right? Uh, The Scripture says there is a supply of the Spirit that flows from one to another. And so again, us recognizing that God will use different people is essential, and knowing that He will join certain parts of His body together is essential for us to walk in His will and His plan. He has ordained certain connections and relationships. Number three, we said, remember, that we, are, we should all have a commitment to a God-ordained ministry. A God-ordained ministry or mission or assignment. God is, is doing things in the earth today. He uses people. He'll use an individual. He'll u- and then He'll use a group of people. He'll use um, uh, various, um, like number two, God-assigned connections uh, to accomplish His tasks, to accomplish His, his object- objectives. Not everything that calls itself Christian or of God or or biblical or something of that nature is of him not everything is but many things are and you and I must be able to discover what exactly we are to be a part of what ministries in the earth that we are to be connected to and in that connection you make a commitment to it and you say Lord I'm going to be a part of this I'm going to be a part of what you're doing here this is a commitment that I make Amen. How many remember uh, Romans chapter 8 and verse 14? It says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And so we should seek. This is normal New Testament living that we are Spirit-led in life. It's not all about, well, I just choose according to my preference. If I like you, I'll I'll connect with you or I'll associate with you. And if I don't like you, I won't. No, 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 no. I need to be spirit-led. I need to recognize God-ordained connections. Amen. And when it comes to church, when it comes to ministries that we're connected to, we should seek to be spirit-led. It's not all about just our choosing. It's about our discovering what God has connected us to. It's about what, what, what He wants to do. Amen. And so we can be, you can be, led by the Spirit. You can be led by the flesh. While we're talking about ability, it is in your potential, your power to be led by emotions, to be led by feelings, to be led by circumstances, to be led by opportunities, to be led by open doors. You can be led by all those kind of things, but it's not the way God leads. Amen. He will lead you by His Spirit. Let me know you have to be a prayer. You have to talk to Him. You have to seek the Lord and say, Lord, lead me and direct me and and order my paths aright. Lead me in the way I should go. And he will. He'll be faithful. But when you see it, when you, when you recognize it, 
follow it and make a commitment to do according to His plan. (laughs) And you'll be successful. Make a commitment to do His plan and you'll succeed. You'll succeed and He'll meet every need. Amen. He'll come through for you every time. He'll never be late. You'll never have to be concerned because He's a faithful God. Now maybe you're a type of person, many people are, that likes to go full speed ahead with everything they do. Just if you're going to do something, man, let's do it and let's pour ourselves completely into it. And, and I think that's a positive trait, although it can be a, a problem too. <laughs> and the reason it can be a problem is because we're not supposed to do as individuals everything. I cannot pour all of myself into everything because I run out of myself. God is infinite. He never comes to an end, but I do. I only have so much of me, so much that I can do, so much time, energy, money, resources, and strength and ability. I I, I have a limited amount. And so I have to discover what I'm supposed to commit myself to, what I'm supposed to pour my life into, because if I pour myself into the wrong thing, then when the right thing comes along, I won't have anything to put into it. Does that make sense? And so it's, we can't be among those who just, every time someone asks me to do something, I'll, yep, I'll do it. Every time there's a need, I just give everything to that need. Or every time there's an opportunity, every time there's an open door, man, I'm going through it. No, no, no. We got to decide, is this the right thing to do? Is this the right door to go through? Is this the right thing to give to? Is this the right opportunity for me to get involved with? Because what happens is if I give myself just to anyone who asks and to every opportunity, Again, like I mentioned, God may deal with me the next day. And something comes up and, man, this is, this is it. This is it. This is of God. But I've already given my word over here. I'd already, I already poured myself into this other thing. And so uh, being that kind of person can be a very positive because we know many people today, they don't commit to anything. They just don't want to give themselves over. I mean, I know sometimes single people, they're just waiting year after year goes by, person after person comes through their life, and there's always a little bit wrong with them. There's always something that's just not perfect, and so now they're 80 and single. (laughs) Just never found the right person. (laughs) Uh, Well, welcome to the human race. There are faults. (laughs) There are things that aren't perfect in, like, uh, all of us. And, uh, and, And so you can't go to that extreme. Amen. I know the Lord dealt with me a while ago, last year. He, he, he dealt with me about what I do with my time and what I do with my energy and, 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 and how I'm to fulfill the call that He has for me uh, in this church and in this ministry. And basically, He dealt with me this way. He said, do whatever you need to do to lead this church and to pastor this church. And that might not be real clear to you, but it made sense to me because too often people fulfill the expectations of others and they do what other people think they ought to do and they schedule their lives the way other people think you ought to schedule it this way. You need to do these things. And the Lord said, was basically dealing with me, you do whatever you need to do. You use your time in whatever way works so you can fulfill my assignment. For your life and, 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 and build this church and minister to people in whatever way works. 
And sometimes we have to make those kind of decisions. But the Lord will help us. Because I know this. The Lord has never called any of us to do something that we're incapable by His grace of doing. Now, He calls us to do things that we're incapable of doing by ourselves. <laughs> that in our own strength and our own ability, we're going to fall on our face. But if we're yielding to Him, there's enough. Now listen, if I am running out, if I'm out of time, if I'm out of energy, if I'm out of resources, I lack ability, I'm doing something I'm not supposed to be doing. There's something in my life that has to go because I'm not giving place to what needs to be there. Huh? It got real quiet on that all of a sudden. Huh? Someone said, I am just out of strength and broke and out of this. You're doing something you're not supposed to do. Amen. And it's time to seek the Lord. And he'll show you. Amen. He'll lead you in the way that you should go. Fill you with strength. Fill you with resource. Fill you with ability. Everything that needs, um, that you need to fulfill his plan in your life. Every commitment of the Lord will be challenged. Every commitment to the Lord, let me say, will be challenged. All right, the enemy does not like committed people. No, he wants you sitting on the sidelines and never get involved in the game. Wants you watching, making no difference at all in life and eternity. He challenges people to, uh, uh, to not make a commitment. And once people make a commitment, he, he, will, he will try to come after you to give up midstream, to quit before it's completed, to quit before the job is done. But we know better, don't we? Liar, liar, pants on fire. <laughs> he, uh, he's a defeated foe. Jesus stripped him of his power. Not going to fall for his strategies and his tactics. Let's look at Luke 9. Anybody still have Luke 9? Luke 9. Let's begin here in verse 57. Luke 9, 57. Now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus was a smart guy. Another place it said that he wouldn't commit himself to anyone because he knew what was in man. And when people came proclaiming their commitment, it seems he took it with a grain of salt. He didn't immediately jump up and down and say, yes, we got another one. Sign him up. Give him a t-shirt. He's on the team. He, we got a new member. Yeah. But he would challenge people because he knew what was in him. He, you know, some guy comes along and he sees the miracles. Here's Jesus teaching. is in the middle of an amazing anointing and powerful uh, ministry taking place. And he comes up to Jesus afterward. He's got goosebumps on, up and down his arms. He said, Jesus, I am with you. I'm going wherever you're going. I'm following you all my days. And Jesus seemed to think, really? <laughs> huh? Uh, any pastor has had the same experience. They have. People experience God. They experience some of the good things from, from heaven and immediately want to proclaim and declare, I am with you. I am committed for the long haul. This is my church. This is my family. I'm going to be there no matter what happens. And it's the last time you see them. <laughs> or some last a few months. But you know there's no depth in them. There's, no, there's nothing there that, that you know propels them to follow through on their commitments they're just flighty and Jesus knew that about people 
Why am I saying this? Well, if this is true in the human race, we should take heed. We should watch and make sure we're not just that way. Look, look what he said to this guy. He said, verse 58, And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Now, what kind of answer is that to someone who wants to be a part of the team? You think, I get another supporter, I get another worker, I get someone else to help the ministry. And he immediately tells them how hard it could be. He said, sometimes we're on the road, and we stay at Rockside Inn, <laughs> you know. Uh, in other words, we're sleeping out in the desert, we're sleeping on a rock. You sure you want to get involved with this? And many people don't realize that whenever they make a commitment to do something good, there's going to be some challenges. There's going to be some situations that are not so easy. You might be sleeping on a rock one night. You still in? You know, uh, Paul had a similar experience with a guy. Unfortunately, his name was Mark. Uh, and, uh, And Paul had Mark on one of his missionary journeys and uh, ministry trips, and at some point in there, Mark left. He didn't follow through and fulfill the, the, the complete ministry trip. And so when they came together and they were getting ready to leave again, uh, Barnabas was there and, and Paul and Silas and Mark, and Paul said, Mark, you're not coming. Mark wanted to go. Barnabas said, yes, let's let Mark go. And Paul said, no, he's not going. Why? Well, he couldn't rely upon him. He couldn't count on it. He didn't know. He might start off, but as soon as things get uncomfortable, as soon as he didn't like, as soon as he didn't like his rock or something, or, or disagreed with something, you know, he, he's, he's out of there. And they had a big dispute over it. I mean, New Testament fighting. <laughs> Paul and Barnabas. And so Barnabas took Mark and Paul took Silas. And, you know, later on, Paul liked Mark again, and he said, he's profitable for me in ministry. But at the time, you know, they had a little deal because he wanted someone who he knew he could count on. You know, even Jesus one day was teaching, and he, his teaching was good, but, uh, you know, really good. Uh, but he got teaching one day about people eating his flesh and drinking his blood, <laughs> and, uh, and, 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 people did, and a lot of the crowd didn't like it, and they laughed. Huh? You know, what's up with that? Jesus, could you just have skipped that message? I mean, you've got a lot of sermons built up over the years now. And uh, how about just leave that one out? The crowd is bigger that way. I guess he didn't think that way. He didn't take a poll. How many would like the, the blood and flesh message here today? Uh, no, he gave the message, and he didn't go after the people who left. He didn't say, oh, come on back, come on back. It seems to be that the Lord expects a certain level of commitment for those who get involved with him. That you give your life to him. You say, Lord, I am with you in this. I will follow you wherever you go. And if it gets hard, I'm still there. If you say something I don't like or don't understand, I'm still there. That is necessary for God to be able to do anything through a group of people. They can't be so quick to quit when things get hard or when something doesn't go their way. Look at this, verse 59. Then he said to another, follow me. So Jesus recruited the guy. I mean, he, it was in God's plan. Jesus didn't do these things lightly. He chose this guy. He said, you 
follow me? You think, man, if Jesus called me, man, I'd be there. Well, this guy said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, okay, we'll see you whenever you get back. Let me know what your schedule is, and if you can fit in this next ministry trip, we'll see if we can get you scheduled. If not, you know, you get on the Google calendar there, and you can just, you know, uh, take it off, and maybe you can come up, you know, catch us next year if you're busy, if you're not too busy. Is that what Jesus said? I understand. I mean, you've got a lot of family stuff, and after all, family is first. Is that (laughs) what a lot of people think today? Huh? The Bible doesn't teach that, by the way. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their dead, their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. <laughs> well, Lord, that's kind of harsh. I mean, this is kind of a new relationship and, and, and my dad and everything. I mean, don't you care about my dad? Verse 61, and, and also another also said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go bid them farewell to those who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, No one, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. And so why does Jesus use this seemingly harsh language with people who are trying to get on the team with him, trying to answer the call? He uses this strong language. Is Jesus against funerals? Well, no. He's not against funerals. Is Jesus against saying goodbye to people? No. But he's communicating to them, this is the kingdom of God here. Everything else gets set aside for this priority. When this is in play, everything else is secondary. And if you've got a bunch of stuff to do, then go ahead and do it. But if you want to get serious in life and get right and get in the middle of God's plan, then that has to be first. I remember uh, uh, I, had, I had an illustration some time back that I actually did in one of the messages, and I brought in a, a jar, a, va- a vase, <laughs> and, uh, and also some apples. They were red, authentic, genuine, fake apples. And, uh, and I had also a, a pitcher of rice, uncooked rice. Anybody remember what I want? Remember that? Uh, usually those things get better memory than just me talking (laughs) so visualize today and and let me just rehearse what we did that day Um, I took the rice and I poured it into the jar filled it to a certain level and then attempted to put all the apples in the jar as well and I packed them in there they're you know good size and I couldn't get them all in I had a few extra they're piled up on top I couldn't get them in there's just no way to fit them in. So we reversed the process, took everything out, and, uh, and then uh, had the empty jar, took the apples, put them into the jar, and got all the apples in there. They all fit fine uh, with no rice. And then I said, how many think I can get the rice in here now that I've reversed the order? And a whole lot of people said, nope. <laughs> nope, can't do it because it was a good bit of rice. But we poured the rice in and shook it up and poured the rice in and shook it up some more and poured the rice in. And you know what we did? We got all of it in there. All the apples and all the rice. And what that says to us in illustration, especially in context with today, 
is if we will put the things of God first and foremost and make them priority, then we have time for the other things, the other little stuff. But if we reverse it and we do what we want to do when we want to do it and spend all our money on what we want and all this kind of stuff, we will live our lives and never be able to fit all of the good stuff in, all of the important stuff in. It just won't work. Amen. Praise God. And so uh, once I get myself committed to the serious and most important things, then I can look around and see what I have time for. See what else I'm able to do. But too many times, again, uh, the whole process is reversed and it's not done right. Many people in our day will give lip service commitment, but they change as soon as it becomes inconvenient or as soon as there is some sort of disagreement. And all of a sudden, they're back in the rice. Amen. How many know in the Scriptures we're never told to try to do the will of God? To try our hardest. (laughs) Whenever there is a command, whenever there is a word from the Lord, it contains the grace and ability of God to fulfill it. That's why I should set my attention on hearing from Him. Because if I get one word from Him, I'll have the ability to succeed at something. Otherwise, I'm just shooting in the dark. I'm just guessing at what I should do and what I should put my hand to. Amen. We don't try to put the kingdom of God first. I'm going to try. This is a good message today, Pastor. I'm going to really try to do this. (laughs) No, no, you won't succeed. We just decide. I'm just going to do this. I'm not going to, you know, a commitment is different than an attempt. I'm going to give it my best shot. No, just do it. Just get involved with it. And it'll change everything. Let's go to 2 Chronicles chapter 16. Can you take a little bit more? Are you worn out? (laughs) 2 Chronicles 16. And in this chapter, the Bible is talking about a guy named Asa, King Asa. And in their day, they were having some problems you know they had a little church split and uh israel and judah and uh and and they were having some fights and so forth and uh asa was having trouble with the king of israel and so he went one day to get help from the king of syria ben hadad and he wanted help to get israel off his case and deal with them and I want to pick up in this story in verse 7, 2 Chronicles 16, 7. It says, But at that time, Hanani the seer came to Asa, king of Judah, and said to him, Because you have relied on the king of Syria and have not relied on the Lord your God, therefore the army of the king of Syria has escaped from your hand. Were the Ethiopians and the Lubim not a huge army with very many chariots and horsemen yet because you relied on the Lord he delivered them into your hand for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him in this 
you have done foolishly. Therefore, from now on, you shall have wars. Notice what took place here. God had already shown himself strong on his behalf. He said, when you fought these other armies, these huge armies, didn't I take care of you? Didn't I give you victory and cause you to succeed in, that, in, the, in those battles? Yet now, what are you doing looking to the arm of the flesh? Why are you asking some person to help you when I've helped you in the past? Amen. And then he defines this with the word loyalty. He said, the eyes of the Lord are looking, to, looking for someone whose heart is loyal to him. What does that mean in this context? When a person is loyal to God, it means that they don't run to man for help. It means that they're not looking to the arm of the flesh. When they get in trouble, they're always going to a natural solution. Amen. God called that person loyal. And he said, I am desiring to show myself strong on behalf of the person whose heart is loyal. In other words, the person who will say, Lord, you're my source. You're the strength of my life. You are my provision. You are my sustenance. You're my everything. I rely upon you. God calls that person loyal. And he said, I'm looking for someone like that. You know, God has always wanted to show himself strong, to make his power known. He is not hiding himself for you, from you or me. He is not trying to keep himself secret. He is looking for someone who will believe him, looking for someone who will trust him so he can come and say, Hi, here I am in all my glory and power and ability and provision, and I want to show myself strong on your behalf. But Asa had an issue here. And God said, Now, dude, you're going to have trouble. You're going to have wars. You're going to be fighting with everybody because you decided that you had a better way in, in, in overcoming these struggles and you were going to lean to someone else. People do that today. They, lead, they rely upon government. They rely upon even things that aren't bad per se. They rely upon their job. They a lot rely upon a, a certain individual and their family. They, they, they throw their weight onto some natural thing that can meet their need and supply their wants. But a heart that's loyal to God is not dependent upon any natural thing. They know that God can, and He will use people, and He will use natural things, but God can can get to us and minister and supply our need in so many different ways. Let's stop living out of our own ability and resources and trust Him. Remember that word trust? <laughs> the flesh hates it. Faith is not desired by the flesh. But I tell you what, it is the way of God. Many times people today are just working for a living and take pride in it. I'm just working for a living. You know, just working hard every day to put food on the table. Just working hard to get the bills paid. I'm just working, 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 working. And working for a living. And, uh, well, that sounds good. I mean, and, and work is a biblical principle, right? It's not, un work is a godly thing. The Bible says if a man won't work, he, sh he shouldn't eat. And, uh, and so, if you're motivated to eat, you should work. That's not talking about a person who, you know, is laid off or, you know, I'm talking about the heart issue, committed to work or something like that. 
but actually, you know what? The biblical model, you can read about this in Ephesians 4, is that we don't work in order to supply food. We don't work in order to have our bills paid and our needs met. Scripturally now, New Testament, ready for this? Everybody ready to spin your head around? <laughs> New Testament is we work to give. It's literally said, you can find this, read it. We are to work in order to have something to give to those who don't have anything. Give to need. Give to, the, uh, to what we need to give to. Yeah. We'll say, well, how do I live then? If I work to give, how do I, how do I live? Our living is supposed to be based on our giving. And this is where this is like, oh, wow, that's way above where the average person even thinks. You mean I live off my giving? Exactly. Exactly. What does that mean? I am forced to trust God to be my source. That he will move through various channels to supply my need and get things to me. But I no longer make any person, any job, any government, any anything the source of my provision. I rely upon Him. My heart is loyal. I'm committed to making God my source. Amen. How many know that kind of thinking is essential in days like ours when there is so much uncertainty in the world? So many questions, so many fluctuations. We don't know what in the world our government is up to <laughs> as far as ruining the economy goes. You know what I'm talking about? We have got to be above that. We have got to be above that. So where we say ultimately, God is going to take care of me. He is going to supply my need. And it may come different than I ever thought. It may come a different way. But I'm not going to make my job my God. Not going to make this other uh, source of income, my God, I'm going to rely upon Him. Amen. We are, as most of you know, embarking on an opportunity that requires all of us to be in. We are moving in a direction as a church to accomplish things that are bigger than us. We are relying upon a God who empowered David to kill Goliath. We are relying upon a God who moved through Jesus to turn one boy's little lunch into, into enough food to feed a multitude, right? And, uh, and we're, we're, uh, we're tackling some things today and, uh, and in the next few months that by ourselves, it's like, uh, <laughs> no thanks. But by the grace of God, we can do the impossible. We can see the invisible. We can feel the intangible. Amen. We're, we're, we're stepping out into a place of God's provision and grace like never before. And I know there's some things that we can't do alone, but we can do together. There is something about being united in purpose and vision that God said in Psalm 133 that He would command the blessing on it. See, when you get together, you're going the same direction for the same reason. I will bless that. I will command that to be blessed.
Amen. And so we have an opportunity today, and I wonder who will stand with me and fight. I wonder who will go to battle uh, with me today as we, uh, as we approach these things that are before us. You know, Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 8, he said, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. There is an appropriate response to the call of the Lord. Three things that are needed to be used of God. Everybody ready? Three things we all need. Number one, willingness. We all need to have a willing heart. It's not just about doing it. Well, if you twist my arm hard enough, I guess I will. No, there needs to be a willingness inside of every one of us that, Lord, anything, anywhere, anytime, I'm your man. I'm your, I, I, I'll do what you say. I have a heart that is willing to do what is necessary. Number two, things, second thing needed is ability. We all need ability. God needs something to work with. You've got to be able to do something. And how many know every one of us have been graced of God? We've been given a divine spark on the inside. He's graced us and gifted us and given us ability. Why? So we could use it for Him. Some of you are really, really good at stuff. Some of you. <laughs> We're all good at something. Some of you, what I mean to say those is are, 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 you're really good at something, but you've never taken time to say, Lord, I can do this because you enable me to do it. I'm skilled in this area, and maybe you developed it, but that's the way things work. But maybe you developed it, but it's because God graced you to do it. And have you ever said, Lord, how, how can I use this ability for your glory? How can I use this skill, this talent for the kingdom of God to make a difference for eternity? But there's got to be ability, and thank God by His grace there is in every one of us. Not just talking about what we can do on our own, but number three, three things we need. Number three is availability. We have got to be available to the Lord. Many times the Lord calls, and people push ignore. Send to voicemail. And it's not about having willingness and ability if you're not available. And that's one of the issues that happens sometimes as people get so busy, they get so caught up with doing so many things that are not the right thing that they don't have, let me say it this way, they get so caught up doing the wrong thing, they don't have time for the right thing. I mean, there are people that don't even have time to go to church. They're just so busy. I mean, that person's too busy. They will get to the end of their life and it will be, have been wasted. But you've got to be available. Amen. Can God, can God call you? Has he got your number? Or do you say, Lord, send me a text. I'll get back to you sometime. I might be in a meeting. <laughs> I might be caught up. might be busy for a while. Swing back by around next year. I'll check my schedule. Let me end with 1 Chronicles 21. Today, David was having a bad time. He did some bad things, King David. And as a result, there was a plague going throughout the land. And people were dropping like flies. People were dying right and left. And he was instructed to make an offering to the Lord, to make a sacrifice, an offering to the Lord. At this guy's place, whose name was... Uh, what was his name again? Whose name was Ornan. Aren't you glad your name's not Ornan? It's not, is it? 
It's a great name. <laughs> anyway, at Ornan's house, Ornan had this threshing floor. And, uh, and, of course, he's really impressed that the king is coming there. And uh, King David, he bows before him and, and said, hey, I'll give you this. And I'll take care of all the sacrifice. And I'll provide all the things necessary to get this done. And uh, it was interesting, though, how David responded to him. As he said, verse 20, in chapter 21, verse 24, he said, no, but I will, sh- I will surely buy it for the full price. In other words, I don't even want a discount on this. For I will not take what is yours for the Lord, nor offer burnt offerings which that, with that which costs me nothing. He recognized something very valuable and essential when it came to offering something to the Lord is that it has to cost you. Amen. He said, I'm not going to have you buy, buy, you know, pay for this for me. That doesn't come from me. It's like if I said, you know, I, I want to give an offering today. I want to give an offering to the Lord. And uh, hey, can I have $100? <laughs> I, I need it for my offering. <laughs> I know kids sometimes do that, young kids. <laughs> Mommy, daddy, I need money for the offering. <laughs> That's because they don't have any. But when it comes to us, you can't use somebody else's. It has to. This is a real truth here. For it to be God-honoring and have faith involved with it, it has to cost us. And this is kind of a difference in the way a lot of people view, a lot of Christians view offerings to the Lord, is they determine what they can give that will not be basically noticed. What will not hinder their current plans or their lifestyle at all and if it if it does at all then I don't have anything to give I can't afford that I don't have any seed but really it's only a true offering of faith when if God doesn't come through in fulfilling his promise to multiply my seed and give it back to me, I'm going to be in trouble or I'm going to feel it. Does that make sense? I just think too often people don't have a true biblical mindset towards their giving and they don't give by faith. And faith is what First John, remember, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. It is only faith that puts someone over, yet they act in such a way where it requires zero faith to do it. I know this is heavy. Some of you didn't even think you were going to get challenged in church today. But I'm telling you, what we oftentimes do, we want to retain our current comfort level without relying upon anything supernatural. In other words, the way many of us give is we could not have a Bible and still do the same thing. In other words, there doesn't even have to be a God for us to be able to do what we do. We analyze things exactly like the world. We look at the flesh. We look at, hey, Dad. Hey, Dad. (laughs) 
We look at what someone else can do for us or what our own strength or resources can provide for us. And if we can do it, then we can do it. And if we can't do it, well, I can't do that. Instead of actually believing what we believe, that God will do exactly what he said he would do. And he will provide. And if he leads me to do a certain thing or go a certain way, and I say lead either by text or by spirit speaking, if he leads me to do it, then, yeah, naturally speaking, I'm going to go, uh, uh, I don't know how this is going to work out. Because I'm really going to need that for this. And if that doesn't happen, how am I going to do this? And I'm going to have to stop doing this if I'm going to do this. You know what I'm talking about? Naturally speaking, there's not just an easy solution. But you're actually required to believe God's promise to see it come to pass. Man, is that a stretch? It's a stretch on the flesh. I don't really like that. I'd rather have a lot in my hand and I take a little out and I won't even notice it. Won't even miss it. But that's not the way that David approached this. He said, it's got to cost me something. Amen.